Ayo, what's up guys? Thank you for tuning in to the second episode of the NBN Fantasy Football Podcast, where I talk everything fantasy football to get you guys to that fantasy football championship at the end of the year. We had a solid first episode recapping week two, so now we're going to transition to week three. I'm going to start by recapping Thursday night football, then talk about injury updates throughout the week, talking about who practiced, who didn't practice, and their status for Sunday or Monday. Uh, I'm going to introduce two new segments that I will get into later. I'm going to also talk about uh, running backs, the running back situation of a few different teams, who to target, what the situation is going on in uh, that town or city or on the team. And then I'm going to end the show by talking about my teams uh, previewing this week, talking about what happened last night, incorporating that, and talk about how I think I'm going to do. And if I have any questions, I'll probably discuss my mindset. So we got that going on. So let's get right into it. Now let's recap the Thursday night matchup between the Miami Dolphins and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I'm going to be honest, going into this game, I really had zero to little interest going in. Uh, these two teams are kind of garbage. I mean, Minshew Mania had a little bit of hype going to it. I had Minshew in a couple of my leagues, and I had James Robinson also. So I had a little bit of interest in that game. But, man, the Miami Dolphins coming away with this one, 31-13. to claiming themselves as the better Florida team of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, it was a really good game from Ryan Fitzpatrick, if we're going to be honest here. 18 of 20 for 160 yards, two touchdowns, and he had a QBR of 97.2. That's really good for Ryan Fitzpatrick. His yards are a little low, only eight yards per um, per attempt which is, eh, for a quarterback, yeah. For Ryan Fitzpatrick, you could say that's, like, kind of what you would expect. But the fact he only threw two incompletions the entire game with no picks, he had a really good day. Another guy on the Dolphins that had a pretty good day was Miles Gaskin. Granted, he ran the ball for 22 times for 66 yards with zero touchdowns, but he also contributed in the passing game by adding five catches for 29 yards. Uh, so in that aspect of fantasy, he had a solid day. I'd say he had a solid, what, 7.9 plus 66 is quick math. 14.5? Uh, I think that's 14.5. Yeah, Miles Gaskin had 14.5. Uh it really looked like Miles Gaskin was the feature back in this, you know. We had a like a whole debate, maybe not we, but like people had a whole debate like who was going to be the featured back? Was it going to be a running back by committee kind of thing because they have Gaskin, they had Breida, and they have Jordan Howard. Um so nobody really knew who the feature back was going to be. Maybe it would be all three in this game, not at all. Miles Gaskin led the way with most of the carries by a lot. Uh, Breida had three, Jordan Howard had three, and neither of them were effective at all. Breida had four yards, Jordan Howard had one, 
Uh, I forgot to mention Fitzpatrick ran the ball too. He scored a t- rushing touchdown. So that made that topped off a very nice fantasy day that he had, which no one, I mean, I read some things that people said that Ryan Fitzpatrick was a great streaming option for week three. And a lot of people said uh, you should play him if, if you're streaming. And it turns out they were right. Uh, he had a nice fantasy day. I believe he had somewhere in the 20s in standard points. He had... Let me pull this up. He had... Uh, drum roll, please. 25 points. So he, he put up his uh, season high, 25. He just beat it from last week by one. But... Ryan Fitzpatrick did really well, and it was kind of shocking because he's getting old. He's been on his, like, 20th team. I know it's not that much, but he's been on a lot of teams in his career. None. uh, He was the best on the Jets. Don't at me. Um, But, no, it's good to see Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, still contributing as an old man, as I would say. So, um, talk about the receiving in this game for Miami. Devontae Parker had a solid game, but other than that, other than him and uh, Miles Gaskin, it was kind of kind of barren, you know. Gasicki caught a touchdown. Preston Williams caught a touchdown, but Gasicki had no action in this game. His touchdown catch was his only reception of the game. Preston Williams only had two catches. Um yeah, but the Dolphins didn't really need to throw the ball a lot because they were winning by basically this entire game. Uh, I don't. Th- yeah, they never was were losing at any point in this game. They were always destroying the Jaguars by at least two scores. So there was no need to throw the ball. That's why they only had twenty attempts through the the entire game, and that's why Miles Gaskin got uh, twenty seven touches. So. Uh, going forward, I think Miles Gaskin is someone you should definitely consider picking up for the waiver wire next week. He's a great option because now he's established himself as the starting running back, and you know he's going to get the touches. And uh, I don't know the Dolphins' schedule going forward, but I can imagine it's pretty hard knowing that since they're in the same division as the Jets, uh, they play the NFC West, the AFC West, and I believe they play the Browns, and I think they play the Colts, too, somewhere in there. I don't know, but they play the Jets twice, the Bills twice, the Pats twice, so um, it doesn't really matter. They're gonna He's going to be a good option going forward because of the amount of volume he's getting, and that's a very important thing to keep in mind. Um, volume is really important uh, no matter what position it is because if – players are getting volume and getting targets getting touches even if they're not succeeding they'll still continue to get those volume that volume in different games this season and maybe the outcome is different so like miles gaskin only ran for an average of three yards per carry but he was playing jacksonville and let's say he's playing for argument's sake the lions and he does he has 20 carries for 110 yards It, it just it, it it depends on who you're playing and the situation of the game. But I think Miles Gaston is a good option going forward. But we turned the ball over, <laughs> literally, 
to uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who had a pretty bad game all around. The offense really couldn't get anything. I turned the game on for a little bit, and it was just very hard for Jacksonville to do anything. The Miami defense was playing pretty dang well, even without their star cornerback that they paid all that money. Byron Jones from the Cowboys, he wasn't playing in this game, uh, and they still couldn't get anything done on offense. Minshew was uh, 30 for 42, 275. Uh, He didn't have a touchdown, and he threw a pick, and he also fumbled with a QBR of 35.3. So Minshew did not have a good game whatsoever, but uh, the Dolphins were able to bring pressure, throw Minshew off his game, and it looked like it really worked. Um, The only really stud in this game for the Jacksonville Jaguars was James Robinson. Uh, He was somewhat of an effective runner. He carried the ball 11 times for 46 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, He also added, he was also the leading receiver, shockingly enough, uh, for Jacksonville with the most catches. Uh, He had six catches for 83 yards and no touchdowns. He caught all of his targets. So James Robinson was really effective in this game, especially for fantasy because of those two rushing touchdowns and also his um, additions and his uh, totals in the receiving game, catching six balls for 83 yards, which totals to 14.3 points on top of the 46 yards and two touchdowns, which gave him over 30 points in PPR. Um, So James Robinson is really effective going forward uh, ever since – he was named the day one starter uh, on week, in week one. He's been really effective, uh, no matter if the Jaguars are winning or losing. But James Robinson, again, is one of those guys who is a dual-threat running back that will catch the ball out of the backfield and run it, up the, uh, run it effectively as well. And those are the kinds of guys that turn out to be league winners. Like, look at McCaffrey, Kamara. Those guys are the number one and two running backs, arguably, in all of football. And they do both catch the ball and run the ball effectively. So James Robinson is going to be really effective and a really good running back going forward. Uh, So if you have him on your team, props to you. Props to me. I have him on a couple of my teams. Um, But uh, going back to Gardner Minshew, uh, I was pretty high on Minshew this game just because I thought Miami's defense was like kind of mediocre, and especially with Byron Jones not playing, I thought it would be a lot better. But you win some, you lose some. That's all right. Uh, hopefully Minshew can get back on his horse and recover for next week. He's got over a week to get ready for the next game in week four. But, uh, yeah, going forward, I think – to recap, Miles Gaskin is a great option to pick up. I'm sure not a lot of people in leagues have him, so that's a guy to think about uh, to pick up. And James Robinson on the Jacksonville side is also someone you should start to consider uh, picking up if you don't already have him, or maybe even trade for him. I mean, his value is probably really high right now, so I wouldn't overspend for him. But, I mean, if he's available in your leagues, he should be the number one waiver wire pickup if nobody has him. So, 
that does it for the Thursday night football recap. And next, I will be getting into the injury updates from different players throughout the league. Okay, now that we recap Thursday night football, let's get into the injuries, move on from the last game, and let's get into most of the games that are going to be occurring this weekend. So I have a, a lot, kind of a lot of names on here. I don't have the defensive injuries. I have mostly the offensive fantasy-relevant names. Uh, I'm sure I've covered a lot of them that anyone has, but uh, if I didn't, I'm sorry. They're probably not fantasy-relevant for those uh, people with the deeper, deeper leagues, or I'm just dumb and I forgot them. So... That's probably going to be the case, but without further ado, let's get started. So the first player on the list is Michael Thomas. He has an ankle injury sustained in week one. Uh, they said on Sunday before the Monday night football game last week that there's a timeline of two to four weeks that he's going to be out. He's claimed that he has been recovering quicker than anticipa uh, anticipated and what people thought. So... Uh, I'm still going to think it's going to be another two to four weeks, uh, maybe even longer. I mentioned him on my last episode where I have him on one of my teams, and I kind of hope he doesn't play anytime soon just to make sure that ankle is 100%. But I don't know because of the whole situation with the Saints going on. There's a lot going on there. He didn't practice all week, so I think it's pretty reasonable to say he's probably going to be out. So, uh, moving on to the next guy, we have Julio Jones. Uh, he has a hamstring injury like a lot of people in the league do. He didn't practice all week either. That's going to be a consistent theme in this, uh, in this segment here. So, uh, it was revealed that Julio had a little bit of a hamstring injury last Sunday, which kind of made him not do so well against the Cowboys. That's why you saw a lot of Hayden Hurst. Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, guys like that. So, and you didn't really see Julio at all. So, uh, it's he didn't practice all week, like I said. And um, NFL Twitter kind of revealed that uh, Julio is going to be a game time decision on Sunday. So, uh, some guys, I think, if you have. Uh, if you have Julio Jones and you're thinking about, dang, I need a replacement just in case he's not going to play, Russell Gage is out there a lot in a lot of leagues. So he's going to be automatically bumped up to the number two receiver for the Falcons against the uh, Chicago Bears. So that's going to be a pretty decent matchup. Uh, next guy is Devontae Adams. He also has a hamstring didn't practice all week, and it was revealed probably about an hour ago that um, Matt, Matt LaFleur rule, basically ruled him out. He said it was pretty doubtful that he's going to play. So another big-time receiver just destroyed by a hamstring injury that he has sustained on Sunday. But uh, Adams was – Adams said he uh, – he could have went back in the game on Sunday, but being that he didn't practice all week and he's doubtful for this game, how true really is that? I think he was probably just saying that to just downplay it. But, um, yeah, it's not looking good for Devontae Adams. So any guys, any other guys 
on the Green Bay Packers, the receivers. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Alan Lazard are good streaming options this week just to uh, make up for Adams. I would avoid any of the tight ends, and I would think being that Adams is out, they'll run the ball more, use Aaron Jones in the passing game more, so look for Aaron Jones to have kind of a big game. Uh, and the next guy we have is George Kittle. He suffered a... Um, a knee injury in week one also. He was limited all week, but earlier today, um, Mike Shanahan, Mike Shanahan? Yeah. Uh, revealed that, no, Kyle Shanahan. I'm so dumb. Kyle Shanahan, uh, ruled him out earlier today. Um, especially since the 49ers have been complaining about MetLife's turf, how it was sticky, even though the NFL said it's okay, it meets NFL standards. So uh, George Kittle is not going to play this week. Look for uh, Jordan Reed to get a lot of those uh, uh, targets and catches and do what he did last week. Uh, So if you have George Kittle, stream uh, Jordan Reed if you still have him. And uh, that'll be a good replacement for this week. Hopefully he can come back next week because it seemed like he was pretty close to playing. I thought he was probably going to play. In my notes, I wrote he was probably going to play. But uh, Kyle Shanahan ruled him out. So I would anticipate him playing next week. So so the next guy we have is Juju Smith-Schuster, who has a knee injury. He didn't practice all week, but... um, he revealed on his Instagram today on Friday that he is going to play. So, I mean, if he says he's going to play, he'll probably play on his Instagram since he went public about it. So, I mean, I wouldn't be worried about Juju not playing, but if you did, um, James Washington is a good option. Uh, Deontay Johnson's probably already taken in a lot of leagues. So, I would think James Washington gets a little more... Um, gets a little more volume with Juju out. So uh, if you have Juju, I really wouldn't worry about it. Um, So, yeah, that does it for Juju. So next uh, we're going on to a quarterback. We have uh, one of the bigger injuries is uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, who also got injured on Sunday versus the Jets. He got his ankle rolled up on, didn't practice all week, and it was ruled out that he was ruled out. So Nick Mullins is going to get the start. Um yeah, so tough tough scene for Jimmy G because the 49ers are just absolutely depleted. They have nobody. The whole team is freaking hurt, and uh, you just hate to see it. So the next guy we're going to talk about is Darren Waller. He has a knee injury also. He didn't practice all week. I don't know if he practiced today, but uh, he's listed as questionable. I could, I could see him playing just because um, – if he re- he didn't really have a problem in Monday's win over the the uh, Saints. He definitely didn't look like he had a problem catching like twelve passes. But um, yeah, Darren Waller, I really wouldn't be worried about. But um, neither would uh, his teammate Josh Jacobs, who's also hurt. He has a hip injury. Also didn't practice this week. Also, listen, this is questionable. Really, he's in the same boat as Waller. Really wouldn't worry about him. But if uh, Josh Jacobs did end up being a game-time decision and not being able to play, Jalen Richard would probably get a boatload of carries. 
in his absence. So uh, if Josh Jacobs goes down, look to pick up uh, Jalen Richard as backup. The next injury is Sammy Watkins. Uh, wasn't revealed if he practiced on Wednesday. Thursday he didn't practice. And uh, he's in the concussion protocol because he got hit uh, out of nowhere in the neck area. Andy Reid said it's more of a neck injury than a head injury. So that makes it more more likely he'll get out of the protocol sooner rather than later. So I could see Sammy Watkins playing. Um, not that it didn't doesn't really matter if he plays or not. But, um, yeah, Sammy Watkins. And if he doesn't end up playing, look for – I would probably assume Tyreek Hill probably gets a lot of uh, – a lot more volume. Kelsey gets more volume, and I wouldn't even bother picking up guys like Miko Robin, Miko Hardman, and or Demarcus Robinson because they're kind of just no names in the passing game with the other two guys, and especially Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at the running back. They already have enough weapons. So the next guy we're going to talk about is Nikhil Harry. He has an ankle injury. He practiced on Thursday in a limited fashion and he's listed as probable again i wouldn't really worry about Nikhil harry um he played a, a big part in the game on sunday night versus the seahawks and he had a really nice game against a depleted seahawks secondary so um him and edelman were both on the injury list uh both are probable i could see both playing no problem about that. So next guy we're going to talk about is Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks has a quad injury, practiced in a limited fashion all week. Again, really wouldn't worry about it if you have Brandon Cooks. Shouldn't really be playing just because of how inconsistent the Texans are, and especially with uh, Will Fuller and I guess Jordan Aikens all of, out of nowhere all of a sudden. He's kind of been a little sleeper. Uh, catching two touchdowns this season, two or three touchdowns this season. A little sneaky. Who's, who would have ever thought Jordan Aikens would have more than two touchdowns, right? Am I the only one? Probably not. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so Brandon Cooks, uh, he'll probably play. He uh, said he had a problem in week one. He played through it on Sunday. Uh, was a little bit of a factor. Caught a couple balls. But uh, I really shouldn't see Brandon Cooks not playing on Sunday. Uh, the next guy we're going to talk about is John Brown. John Brown has a foot injury that it's uh, revealed that he got it in, uh, either after the game, during the game, or sometime this week. Uh, it's foot, He has foot soreness. Um, he's like a lot of the guys. I really don't see him not playing. Uh, he practiced limitedly on Thursday. Can't really see him not playing. He had a pretty good game against the Miami Dolphins. And I would look for John Brown to be a nice wide receiver two flex play this week. Nothing too crazy. He'll be a pretty reliable for you. But, uh, yeah, that does it for John Brown. So the next Brown we're going to talk about is A.J. Brown. Not looking as good for A.J. Brown compared to John Brown. A.J. has a knee injury, didn't practice all week, and Mike Vrabel ruled him out for Sunday. So, guys, you want to pick up in in uh, A.J. Brown's 
um, absence. Corey Davis, if he's still out there. Jonu Smith, who I'm going to talk about next. Probably should have waited to tell you about Jonu Smith. Doesn't matter. Whatever. Moving on. Yeah, so uh, A.J. Brown. Corey Davis would probably be his biggest replacement. Um, or Jonu Smith. But Jonu Smith was also injured. He practiced. He practiced fully yesterday or Thursday. Didn't practice on Wednesday. Um so he's going to probably play. I wouldn't see Jonu Smith not playing. I think Jonu Smith is a f- pretty decent tight end one. If you have Jonu Smith in your league, I'd really consider playing him. He gets a lot of volume from Ryan Tannehill, uh, and especially with the absence of A.J. Brown. I could see Jonu Smith really repeating what he did last week against Jacksonville. Uh, another in- injury we have here is Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay. Has a hamstring injury. Practiced all week in a fully in a full capacity, so he's probably going to play. He had a hamstring injury week one, ruled him out. He was close to playing last Sunday, ruled him out. So they the Lions made it made it clear that they wanted Kenny Galladay 100% rather than running on one hamstring. So Kenny Galladay is probably going to play. I have him in one of my leagues. Probably going to play him. So, uh, yeah, that does it for Kenny Galladay. The next guy we're going to talk about is Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle is very injured. He's one of the only guys with two injuries. He has a knee injury and an ankle injury. He practiced on Thursday in a limited capacity, and his list is questionable. It doesn't really matter if Jack Doyle plays or not. It just depends uh, uh, it, it only matters for his tight end partner, Mo Ali Cox. Great name. Um, yeah, so Mo, Mo Ali Cox had a, de- a pretty good day last week. So um, if Jack Doyle is out, I would look for Mo Ali Cox to sh- as an option to stream this week against a terrible, terrible, terrible Jets defense. Bleh. Hate the Jets. Um, the next injury I'm going to talk about might be the most surprising one out of every single one this week. And maybe it's just me, but I thought it was insane. So it's Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown broke his pinky on Sunday, was ruled out, had surgery Monday, and he's going to play this week. Is it me or is that nuts? I think that's crazy how he had surgery this week and he's just going to play. He's going to split carries with Daryl Henderson. Like when I knew uh, Malcolm Brown got hurt, I just automatically assumed, all right, he's kind of, he's probably out a week or two. So Daryl Henry is going to get Henry. Daryl Henderson is going to get most of the carries this week. Nope. They're going to split carries. He practiced fully on Thursday with no problem. That's that's just utterly insane. I mean, I'm not a doctor or anything, and I don't know how long it takes for surgeries and pinky fingers to heal, but I think that's pretty wild. The final injury that I'm going to be talking about is Jerry Judy. He had suffered a rib injury on Sunday, and he practiced in a limited fashion this week. Uh, it was known to... Uh, to be like kind of minor and he said he's only injured because it hit him in the right spot so uh, I really wouldn't see 
Jerry Judy not playing on Sunday, especially with the Cortland Sutton injury. But um, if somehow he manages not to play, I'd look for guys like uh, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant to get more um, more opportunities, more volume. Um, But, yeah, that covers the injury report for the week. Um, I'm sure I'm going to name it something else. It's just a matter of time. But for now, it's the injury report for week three. And next, I am going to be moving on to our brand new segment called the Back of the Mind segment. So this new segment is called Back of the Mind. I'd like to describe it as players that you should keep in mind of for waivers and streaming options going into the upcoming weeks. Um, So, yeah, let's get right into it. I got four guys that you should definitely consider streaming next week but uh maybe coming up i got one super super sneaky guy that not really a lot of people are talking about uh that i think could uh possibly blow up in the next couple weeks if it's not next week it's upcoming but we'll get into him later so i'm going to start off with the quarterback i got justin herbert as one of the guys Um, Ever since being thrown into the fire in week two against the Kansas City Chiefs, he looked pretty good. I mean, granted, he's still a rookie. It's his first NFL start playing with fire here. He he almost beat the defending Super Bowl champions, and he played pretty well. So um, he's got a kind of a nice schedule going forward. He's playing teams like the Jets, the um, the Dolphins uh, and he's got a pretty good looking schedule I think he plays Jacksonville too uh, but yeah he's one of those guys where I think uh, he could kind of blow up within the next few weeks be a solid fantasy quarterback so uh, definitely look for him to start producing a little bit more Uh, especially after the Tyrod Taylor injury where the team doctor basically stabbed him with a needle. We're not going to talk about that. But I hope Tyrod Taylor is okay. Hope he gets better soon. Um, But, uh, yeah, Justin Herbert uh, all the way. So uh, next we're going to talk about the running back, and it's Justin Herbert's running back, Joshua Kelly. Now, something I – didn't really think of I thought Josh Kelly was like all right he's a solid backup to uh, Austin Eckler but I was watching a video from the uh, fantasy footballers podcast on YouTube and one of the guys I I, I never really watched them before but I saw it the other day and I was like hmm that's kind of interesting he described Josh Kelly as the perfect running back for that offense why who was their running back last year and previous years along with Austin Eckler? Melvin Gordon. Joshua Kelly is the perfect replacement for Melvin Gordon. He He's the power running back that will get the goal line carries. Typical ground and pound running back that you want. While Austin Eckler is the packs catching back. Granted, he can also ca- uh, run the ball pretty effectively. But they like Josh Kelly with that role, um, and it's led to him having his snap counts uh, increase. So I really like Josh Kelly. He's starting to become 
uh, similar to what Melvin Gordon was a few years ago. He's probably a, um, that's probably a ceiling, honestly, but that's a really good ceiling to have. And Josh Kelly has looked pretty good in this uh, this season so far. So I think he's a pretty solid flex play. Probably a borderline running back too. If he keeps it up, I think he could be a pretty good running back too. But uh, for now, I like him as a flex play, and nothing really any higher unless you have like injuries or something like that. So, the wide receiver uh, I'm going to get to is uh, Nikhil Harry, who I kind of like. Uh, I talked to I talked about him in the injury report, but uh, Nikhil Harry had um, a really pretty solid day against the Seattle Seahawks. Granted, their secondary really wasn't any good, but um, like like the um, the uh, Chargers, they have a good schedule. The Patriots have a pretty good schedule going f- forward, plus they have Cam Newton as the quarterback, so that's a pretty reliable arm to get him the ball. And other than Edelman, they don't really have anyone else in that offense, so... Nikhil Harry is one of the focal points in that offense, and like I keep mentioning, he has the volume. He's gotten nine targets in the first game, nine targets in the second game. So I think Nikhil Harry isn't going away anytime soon. I have him on one of my teams. Um, So I think Nikhil Harry is a pretty good option to start to kind of think about maybe if he has another day like he has in the first couple weeks, catches a touchdown, goes for like 70, 80 yards with five catches, think about picking him up what's the worst that he can do if he shows more consistency i can see him as a really big wide receiver too uh but right now he's a low-end flex play i think i just need to see more consistency from him and then we'll go from there so the tight end i want to talk about is uh logan thomas who uh is the thomas the thomas the tight end for the uh washington football team not the r words uh, he also is uh, similar to Nikhil Harry in the sense that uh, he's the second best weapon behind Terry McLaurin. I wouldn't say Nikhil Harry is the second best weapon. It's kind of like they're both – him and Edelman are pretty good rec- uh, receivers for the Patriots. But Logan Thomas is clearly the second best receiver in that offense. Um, besides Terry McLaurin, and you can even make the argument that Logan Thomas might be better. But uh, he's getting a lot of volume too. Uh, he doesn't really have the numbers like that you would want, but he's getting the looks. That's what's really important because uh, as soon as him and Dwayne Haskins start to connect on some of these passes, uh, he's going to be a really effective tight end, I think. I think he's right now just a borderline tight end too he could be a really good tight end going forward but he just needs to uh, actually put up some of the numbers rather than we see the volume in the amount of targets he's getting but we need him to actually convert on getting catches and touchdowns and higher amount of yardage for in order for us to really consider him as a fantasy starter so my really 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 super sneaky player this week is none other than the slot receiver for the Denver Broncos. Second round pick out of Penn State, K.J. Hamler. I think K.J. Hamler could really turn into something if 
they give him the opportunity to. Now that there is no Cortland Sutton, he's the third option in that offense, obviously behind Jerry Judy and Noah Fant, but he's a pretty sneaky slot player. He's gotten some kind of looks early from Drew Locke and a little bit from Jeff Driscoll, but I could see KJ Hamler really pop off. Uh, I I shouldn't say I should, could really see him pop off. I would not be surprised if KJ Hamler just all of a sudden in the next few weeks just has this pretty good, solid fantasy day. Um, because other than Noah Fant uh, and Jerry Judy, Melvin Gordon doesn't really catch passes out of the backfield. Eh, not really. He can, but it's not his forte. Um, and Philip Lindsay mostly does that, and Philip Lindsay's hurt. So I could see that KJ Hamler should be, like, really far back in your mind. Like, not anywhere near any of the other guys I mentioned, but he should be in the deepest, darkest depth of your mind. But just there, just so you know he's there. He shouldn't be too far, but you should not really consider him now until, like I said, he has a little bit more consistency. That's kind of the main thing with fantasy. Just show me a little consistency. But, uh, yeah, so that wraps it up for the back of the mind segment. In the next segment, I will be introducing the comeback season. All right, let's get into this brand new segment known as the comeback season. So these are the guys that have had a slower start to the year, not really lived up to the hype that they've had for their draft rankings or draft positions or anything like that. So these are the guys that I think could break that streak today, this week. Maybe not today, but this week. Um, it's going to be the typical quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. So, all right, let's start with the quarterback of the week. Let's start with Carson Wentz. Uh, I think Carson Wentz has a chance to really break out against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, it's a home game, so gives him a little bit more confidence, even though there's no fans in the stands. But um, the Cincinnati Bengals last week on Thursday Night Football uh, just absolutely got torched by the Cleveland Browns. Granted, it was mostly through the running game, but Baker Mayfield actually looked pretty good in that game, and the Browns played at home. Uh, Baker Mayfield threw a solid dime to Poop Boy, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, yeah, so I, th- I think Carson Wentz has a chance to break out of his slump. You know, he's two touchdowns and four interceptions through two games. Uh, when he's had seven interceptions basically every season. I still think Carson Wentz is a really good quarterback, and he doesn't get a lot of credit where it's due because of all the times he's hurt. He's played in one playoff game, but I like to think of Carson Wentz as a pretty good quarterback when healthy. He just has to have um, the help that he needs because other than uh, Zach Ertz and Goddard and now no Rager, Jalen Rager, he doesn't really have anybody. I mean, his offensive line is like, eh. I don't. I'm not really sure about the Eagles' offensive line. And I mean, they do have Miles Sanders. He's pretty good, but like, they don't really have anybody on the outside. So that's kind of a problem. But the Cincinnati Bengals' defense really isn't anything to ride home about. So I think Carson Wentz could have a chance to break out of this slump and become a decent fantasy quarterback the rest of the season, being that uh, the rest of his division 
does not have any good defenses, really. I mean, the Redskins' defense is, like, pretty okay. But other than that, the Cowboys aren't any good, really. They're always hurt. Um, and the Giants, the Giants are the Giants. Um, so the running back I'm going to be talking about is Kenyon Drake. He's had a pretty ordinary season, pretty average, mediocre, whatever you want to call it. He was drafted, starting to be drafted as a second and a third rounder after all of the hype he had coming in from last year. He played really well ever being ever since being traded from the Miami Dolphins to the Arizona Cardinals at the trade deadline, and he looked really good last year. So everybody had high hopes that he was going to be a stud, an absolute stud. Eh, he has not been. He has not been a stud. He's been okay. I can't say he's been completely awful. He's been okay, but he's not producing like he's supposed to. And in a game against a very, very, very bad defense in the Detroit Lions in at a home game, I could see Kenyon Drake really starting to break out of this and hopefully get the ball rolling, get some confidence going, and maybe be a top 15 running back the rest of the season. I think a lot of Kenyon Drake owners would probably take that. He's probably in the... I would probably say he's in the low 20s, like 30s, 20s or 30s in running back ranking. But I think if he can become a top 15 running back, Kenyon Drake owners would be pretty happy. I don't have Kenyon Drake on any of my teams, but I kind of didn't buy the hype and looks like I was kind of right. So uh, I anticipate this game, the Cardinals in Detroit being a high-scoring game, being that both defenses really aren't any good. So um, I could see... If the Cardinals get out to a really early lead and try to keep that lead, uh, they'll run the ball more uh, in the fourth quarter during garbage time. And hopefully Kenyon Drake can get a little bit more points, and especially since Aaron Jones absolutely scorched that defense last week. I can definitely see this as a bounce-back game for Kenyon Drake, and hopefully he can uh, get his season back on track. So the wide receiver I'm going to talk about is Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson is on the road versus the Atlanta Falcons. We all know the Atlanta Falcons have no secondary, nor do they have anyone on defense. So this should be an absolute bloodbath of a game. Uh, If there's an over for this game, I am not a betting man. I do not know much about betting, but if I was a betting man, I would probably take the over on this game. Uh, Then again, Mitch Trubisky is the quarterback, so you never know. But... Uh, the Atlanta Falcons have a really bad defense, and it really shows. Atlanta allows the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers in ESPN Standard Scoring League and PPR. Um, and I think Allen Robinson definitely has an opportunity to break out of this mediocre streak. He can be a fringe number one receiver on teams, but I could see him as a pretty good wide receiver too. But um, the problem with Allen Robinson is just – he it, he has Trubisky as his tar, uh, quarterback, you know, and plus there's kind of a little little competition there for targets. I mean, you have Anthony Miller, you have um, David Montgomery there, but Allen Robinson should be the focal point of that offense. Um, but he does have 18 targets through two games, so I'm not really worried about that. And I could definitely see being that the Atlanta Falcons are the Atlanta Falcons absolutely losing such a heartbreaker last week they might not have recovered getting torched by the Dallas Cowboys I could see Allen Robinson having a pretty decent day on Sunday 
versus the Atlanta Falcons. So the next two players I'm going to go to, because I kind of grouped them in the same category, um, I said uh, the tight end room for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, granted, Dallas Goddard did have an unreal day one and not a great week two, but this is still like um, Zach Ertz didn't really have a pretty he had okay week one and week two but he's supposed to be a top three tight end in the league arguably top five definitely top five I would say but arguably a top three tight end in the league and he hasn't really done that so uh, again against a pretty bad Cincinnati Bengals defense uh, that's played Hunter Henry that's played Austin Hooper, but Austin Hooper doesn't really get any looks in that Cleveland Browns system, so I would just kind of ignore that. Um, both of them get targets, and now with no Jalen Rager, I think Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard are definitely the focal points in the offense. You know, Dallas Goddard can drive down the field and more, and is better after the catch rather than before the catch, and the opposite can say – be said about Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is more about getting open and uh, he's more like the check down guy. Look for him in the red zone, that kind of thing. Not to say Dallas Goddard isn't either, but both guys should definitely be looked at in this game on Sunday and um, making a fantasy comeback, uh, at least a bounce back for Goddard and a revival for Zach Ertz. So that wraps it up. For the comeback season segment and in the next segment, I'm going to talk about the different running back rooms on different teams. So I think in the NFL this year, I think it's pretty safe to say that running backs have been in the news a lot. Whether it's in the NFL draft with all the rookie running backs being drafted and having a lot of success early in the year or whether it's all the injuries I think it's pretty safe to say that running backs have dominated news in the NFL. So, especially in fantasy when you need to know what guy is going to be having the carries, catching the ball out of the backfield, getting the most targets, having the most snaps, playing the most time. I think it's important that you know who the guys are going to be and what to do about injuries or whatever happens benchings stuff like that and even suspensions but i hope it never gets to that point so i'm going to discuss six teams running back situations and how you should view them so let's get started with the team from the afc north in the cleveland browns so the dynamic duo of nick chubb and kareem hunt uh is just borderline unstoppable that should be the identity of that team and it is and it's really worked out for them last game against Cincinnati uh, they absolutely dominated on the ground and that's what they should be doing with two easily top 10 running backs in the league that's what they should be doing they should be running the absolute crap out of the ball as much as they can set up the play action and get the ball to guys like Landry and Odell poop boy. So Nick Chubb uh, this year has had 32 carries for 
for 184 yards and two touchdowns. He's also added two catches for 15 yards, no touchdowns, for 31.9 points PPR. All these points are PPR. I play PPR most of the time, so that's what I'm going to be going off of. Um, and Kareem Hunt, the second running back, has had 23 carries for 158 yards and a touchdown with six receptions for 24 yards and one touchdown for a grand total of 36.2 fantasy points. And the verdict on this, these two guys, both are excellent starting caliber running backs. I kind of made the mistake of trying to stay away from either one of them because if one guy's – I'm not sure if what the Browns were going to do going into the season, whether they were going to ride one guy – whether he's hot or not, or Kareem Hunt with his suspension troubles, didn't know what was going to happen with that, whether he was going to you know, be reliable, not get suspended again, do something stupid like that. So I kind of just avoided them altogether, and I kind of paid for it. But um, both are excellent starting running backs. I could e- easily see both right now as fringe number ones. Uh pretty good number two running backs but if you're playing non-PPR I would probably lean more Nick Chubb just because he doesn't have as many uh, catches than Kareem Hunt does. Kareem Hunt's specialty is more in the passing game so if you have PPR I think Kareem Hunt's a little bit more valuable than Nick Chubb but then again Nick Chubb gets the goal line carries uh, a lot of the time so that's just something to keep in mind but Either way, if you have at least one of them, you're in pretty good shape. So the next running back room I think is the most interesting is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have guys like um, Ronald Jones II, Leonard Fournette, and they have used a little bit of LaShawn McCoy, even though he's severely washed up and should just retire already. Nothing against LaShawn McCoy. It's just it's kind of over, buddy. You have nothing left in the tank. And you've proved that ever since you were in Buffalo. So that's nowhere here, no there. So we're going to just get into the two main guys, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. Ronald Jones started off the season as the starting running back. But now that Leonard Fournette had had a really effective game on Sunday, it's really interesting to see what the Bucks are going to do about this. Because if you have Leonard Fournette, you're pretty psyched. He had a really good game. And he should be getting most of the carries now that Ronald Jones seemed a little ineffective during that game. Leonard Fournette basically ran for 10 10 yards a carry on Sunday with a long touchdown, and he added a few catches too. So uh, Leonard Fournette owners should be not really worrying at all, but like you have to consider uh, if he's if you can play him or not. Because you don't know what he's going to do. So, um, And if you're a Ronald Jones owner, I'd be a little worried if I were you because I feel like Leonard Fournette is the better running back out of the two. There's no doubt about that. Um, so it's definitely worrisome that you're going to lose one of your running backs because of Leonard Fournette. But it's neither here nor there right now. But um, I'll just give you the stats and – I'll explain why I feel the way I feel. So Ronald Jones has had 24 carries for 89 yards and a touchdown. He's also added four catches for 20 yards for a total of 20.9 points. 
and Leonard Fournette has had 17 carries, 108 yards, two touchdowns, and uh, adding five catches on 27 yards and zero touchdowns for a total of 30.5 points. So obviously, based on the stat line, you can see that Leonard Fournette is definitely the more effective guy, and even though he's used less, he's still more effective than Ronald Jones. But to me, it seems like it's only a matter of time until Leonard Fournette is the feature back. Um, Ronald Jones is still a pretty good running back, and you can see probably see him uh, being used in the passing game a little bit. But Leonard Fournette is also a special uh, pass-catching back because he, he's an absolute tank. But he's more used as a running, ground-and-pound running back. He'll definitely get goal-line carries more and more. But I think if Fournette has a pretty solid game on Sunday, I could start to see the tides changing and Leonard Fournette getting more and more touches every week over Ronald Jones the second but both are solid running backs for now I would say Leonard Fournette is probably a fringe flex play I'm not really I have Leonard Fournette in a couple of my leagues I'm a little iffy on whether I should play him and Ronald Jones I'm probably not even thinking about playing just because I'm just worried that his job's going to get taken in the middle of the game and that's the problem with it. It's so you don't know what's going to happen. So you have to hope for consistency out of one guy. But nevertheless, they're both solid running backs. But I can see Leonard Fournette getting most of the carries going forward. Uh, the next running back group is someone I talked about earlier. It's the Los Angeles Chargers with Joshua Kelly and uh, Austin Eckler. So Joshua Kelly has rushed the ball for 35 times for 124 yards and one touchdown. He's also added two carries for 49 yards and zero touchdowns for 25.3 points. Austin Eckler hasn't been too shabby himself in the running game. He's had 35 carries for 177 yards with zero touchdowns and added five catches on 58 yards and zero touchdowns for 28.5 fantasy points. So I think both are easily solid, solid running backs. And like I said earlier, it fits the traditional Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler mold where you have this one power back and then it's that back is complemented by a guy who can come out of the backfield and catch passes. But it's... Based on the stat line, it's shown Austin Eckler has been the more effective rusher of the football, adding 50 more yards on the same amount of carries, but uh, Joshua Kelly has the one touchdown that Eckler does not. But I think both are starting running backs. They're both, I think, high-end running back twos going forward, especially if you see more consistency from these guys. They're going to be a big help to Justin Herbert and adding some – uh, some diversity to that offense with guys like Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, guys like that. So I think that Chargers offense is going to be pretty, pretty uh, scary going forward, especially if they can keep all those guys. I know they gave uh, Keenan Allen a contract, so they'll keep him for a while. But that offense is looking out to be pretty scary. It's it's crazy how much of a quarterback can change your entire offense because if they had Tyrod Taylor right now, I'd be like, yeah, they're all right. But Justin Herbert changes the dynamic on the Los Angeles Chargers a ton. So 
uh, I like the Chargers' backfield going forward. Next group of running backs we have is the Los Angeles Rams, the other Los Angeles team. So I kind of touched on it a little earlier. I'll go more into it a little bit. But um, so we have the three running backs going into the season. We have Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson Jr., and Cam Akers. Originally, I thought Cam Akers would just set himself apart from both of those two and be claimed the starting running back at the beginning of the season, but it was known by Sean McVay that they would all split carries evenly, and ever since uh, week one, they kind of have, but Malcolm Brown has obviously been the lead back in that running back by committee group, but... He's kind of true to his word before um, Cam Akers got hurt in last Sunday's game. Malcolm Brown has had 29 carries for 126 yards with two touchdowns. And he's also added three catches on 31 yards for 30.7 fantasy points. Daryl Henderson has added 15 carries for 87 yards and one touchdown. But he's also added two catches for 40 yards and totaled 20 touch, 20 touchdowns, 20 fantasy points. And Cam Akers has 17 touches for 52 yards, added a catch for four yards, and he has six points. So obviously the first two guys are the more effective backs. Cam Akers looks like he's having a little trouble adjusting to the NFL. And now that he's hurt, he's becoming – a little less relevant than what he was drafted to be. He was drafted to be uh, a seventh-round pick, sixth, fifth, fifth, sixth, seventh-round pick, somewhere around there. And um, he hasn't really lived up to it. Malcolm Brown has taken that starting job and really just run with it. But man, I can't. I still can't get over the fact that he's gonna, he's had surgery on a broken pinky and is going to play this week. But yeah, this week him and Daryl are going to uh, split carries until one of them uh, sets them apart from the other one for the featured back. Um, but, like, going into this week, I think they're both, like, kind of steady flex plays. Not really considering playing them. There's definitely better options, but there's also definitely better worse. Worse, not better worse. That doesn't make sense. There's worse options than those two so I think you have to play them uh, if you absolutely need to Um, but I wouldn't really consider it going forward so the second to last team we're going to talk about is the Washington football team they also have a trio of running backs not necessarily divvied up the carries as much as the last team but uh, they're starting to figure out who their lead back is a little bit. So the, their trio of running backs consists of Antonio Gibson, the rookie, Peyton Barber, and J.D. McKissick. Uh, Antonio Gibson has 22 carries for 91 yards and a touchdown. He also added three catches and for five yards, and he's totaled 18.6 fantasy points. Uh, Peyton Barber has 18 carries for 30 yards, two touchdowns. He hasn't caught a pass, and he has 15 points. J.D. McKissick has 11 carries for 51 yards, and he has one one catch for one yard. 
totaling 6.2 fantasy points. So I think Antonio Gibson is starting to establish himself as the lead back in this rotation. It's very disappointing because of the Darius Geis situation, how he was supposed to be the lead back, and then he had all that off-the-field trouble, and it's really disappointing to see. But uh, I think Antonio Gibson is looking to be the more effective back. Yeah, J.D. McKissick has a better average per carry, but Antonio Gibson is definitely the one you want to target out of all three of these guys. I was a little worried after week one because I have Antonio Gibson on one of my teams, and I was starting to worry because Peyton Barber scored two touchdowns and Antonio Gibson didn't really do anything. So I guess it's kind of just going to be a week-to-week basis where you have to see what they do last week and what Ron Rivera says is going to be the game plan and who they're playing the next week. So... That's definitely something you ought to take in consideration. But out of all these three running backs, Antonio Gibson is the definitely the one to play. I think he's a borderline flex play. Um, probably a running back three, backup running back, until he can really establish himself as a more consistent guy. And then the final team I think is the most interesting, or one of the most interesting, being that uh, they didn't really have a running back problem until last Sunday when theirs went down. And I think you know who I'm talking about. I am talking about the New York football giants. So they have an interesting, interesting, interesting situation here because they have two running backs who don't have any stats, and then they have one that only played last week. So they just signed Devontae Freeman as a free agent. Uh, They've had Wayne Gallman as a third-string running back. And technically their backup running back is Deion Lewis. And he actually had a pretty good fantasy day against the Chicago Bears last weekend when Sa- when Saquon went down. Um, he really wasn't that effective of a runner. Uh, he had 10 carries for 20 yards and a touchdown. But he really established himself in the, run- uh, the passing game, which he's used to doing. He's used to being the pass-catching back like he was for the Patriots when he was a dominant fantasy player then and even a little bit of the Titans a couple years ago when he was with Tennessee. But, uh, yeah, I have no idea what to do with this running back situation, if I'm going to be honest. I think you should totally avoid all of them. I mean, uh, maybe you can go with Deion Lewis if you absolutely have to. I think he's the guy right right now you want. But going forward, I think Devontae Freeman is a better running back. So... I would stash Devontae Freeman away, uh, see what he does this Sunday, you know, against the 49ers who don't really have a defense anymore because they all got hurt. They're all in the hospital. So uh, I think Devontae Freeman is someone you would definitely want to target, but if you're going to play anyone out of these three this week, I'd probably say it's Deion Lewis, especially in PPR formatted leagues. But... Um, yeah, so that wraps up the running back segment, trying to figure out what to do, who to have, and analyzing these guys. So for the final segment of the show, I'm going to be uh, previewing my teams and talking about some issues I might have. Okay, to get the final segment underway, I'm going to be discussing my teams and what I'm going up against. What, how I think I'm going to do, what it's, what it's looking like. So 
I, I forgot to mention last week the who's on my teams. I'm just going to mention two of them. I got four of them. Uh, the two of them um, I'm really invested into. They're with a bunch of my friends, and one of them is my father. So I'm just going to – this is my ESPN team, and the team I'm going to talk about next is the CBS team. So my ESPN team consists of Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Odell Beckham Jr., Calvin Ridley, Michael Gallup, Noah Fant, Jonathan Taylor, the Colts defense, Rodrigo Blankenship, J DJ Chark, Leonard Fournette, Will Fuller, AJ Green, and Drew Sample. Uh, the CBS League, my players consist of Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, Todd Gurley, Keenan Allen, Tyler Boyd, Calvin Ridley, Noah Fant, Leonard Fournette, Youngway Koo, the Bucks defense, Jimmy G, Michael Thomas, Nikhil Harry, Antonio Gibson, and Debo Samuel. So um, the CBS team has a lot of injuries, uh, a lot of injuries, and surprisingly I still have a pretty solid team after them. Um, that's what you get when you draft well. So I'm going to talk about the ESPN team first. Uh, I think it should be an easy, pretty easy matchup. I'm projected to outscore the, my guy, my opponent by 40 points, which is kind of a lot. Um, the two guys I'm worried about is Cam Newton. He has Lamar Jackson, but he also has Devontae Adams, who's already listed as doubtful. So I can't see, I can't see uh, Devontae Adams playing right now and then he has his two backup receivers are both on the Giants so uh, Darius Slayton might have a decent game and mighty mighty Golden Tate even also English Sean English um, but yeah I'm not really worried about this team um, I for this team I was considering playing Will Fuller uh, over Gallup or AJ Green over Gallup but I think with the matchup you can't really you can't really avoid that and Michael Gallup just has a really great matchup to hopefully bounce back because he's been really hyped up over the season and it's, and CD Lamb has really taken over that second receiver on Dallas so hopefully Michael Gallup can really turn it around against the Seahawks and I mean AJ Green has is going to be shadowed by Darius Slay and then Will Fuller is going to probably be shadowed by Joe Hayden on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I went with Gallup personally. Uh, this is another one of those situations where I have Fournette and I was really considering playing him. But with Jonathan Taylor playing the Jets, that is eye candy for any matchup. Anybody playing the Jets is going to win. I guarantee you that unless you're the 2016 Cleveland Browns. In that case, honestly, I think the, the the Browns could probably beat that team. The Jets would probably score like seven points against them, and Adam Gase would kick a field goal down twenty in the fourth quarter because that's Adam Gase. Again, don't want to talk about the Jets. The Jets are negative, so keeping it moving, we're going to go to the CBS team. The CBS team, I think, is really good. I'm a little worried about who I'm playing with. I've been playing with this guy for three years now. He's been playing fantasy football with my dad for 
since I was born, even more than that, and I'm 20. So the only reason why I feel a little better about this is because three of his starters might not play. One of them is Devontae Adams. He's not playing. Probably not. Uh, his second receiver is Julio Jones. He's not looking good for Sunday. And even if he does play, how active is he going to be in the passing game? And Josh Jacobs is his running one of his running backs. But uh, I'm not really worried of him playing. He'll, he'll probably play. And if he doesn't, that's just even better for me. Uh, he's a decent backup receiver. But he needs another one, being that, uh, oh, Deontay Johnson is his flex. So he'll probably move Deontay Johnson to receiver, play Russell Gage as instead of Julio, and then he's just got to find a flex. Uh, it's either going to be Daryl Henderson or Dalton Schultz. But, um, yeah, I'm feeling confident about this league. Um, the only problem I might have is at flex. I have Leonard Fournette slated there now. I was considering either him, Antonio Gibson, and I had KJ Hamler because of how high I was. I picked him up after waivers um, just because I wanted to hold on to him, see if he develops into anything, but I don't really have the time to do that because I'm not really confident in Leonard Fournette really right now or Antonio Gibson. So I'm really, really, really considering playing Nikhil Harry based on the Raiders defense really isn't that great. So uh, Nikhil Harry is probably going to play anyway, so I'm not really worried about his injury designation. Um, but, yeah, once Michael Thomas comes back, I'm kind of set. And especially if Debo, Debo Samuel turns into a stud receiver like he's kind of projected to be, uh, my receivers might be the best in the league, and I can probably trade one of them. But anyway – that wraps it up for the team preview. So that's just about going to do it for the second episode of the NBN Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you so much if you tuned in through the whole way. I really appreciate it. Um, don't forget, my Twitter handle is SHarringtonFFB on Twitter. Uh, if you have any questions, my DMs are open. I'd love to help anybody that I can with matchup problems or stuff like that. Or if you want to email me, uh, my email is sharringtonffb at gmail.com. If you have any concerns, anything you want to share with me, talk fantasy football, talk anything else. Uh, and my personal, my personal Instagram and Twitter is sharrington2000 on both sites. So anything you want to talk about is cool with me. But uh, thank you again for tuning in to this episode of the NBN podcast. Uh, I'm Sean Harrington, and I will see you guys in the next one. Have a good one. Taking time is over before you know you're older. So sober, alone, look, you get in my cold shoulder. You crying like it's rain, you causing all the pain. You getting nothing, Joker.